0: And welcome to another episode of the Game We Play podcast. Where today, uh, your host Dan Bush, we'll talk about a few things. Uh, the the oh, okay the the kind of sort of big trade that went down today in the NBA, um, as well as trade deadlines on what I think is going to happen. But mostly, the questions that people have asked me via Instagram. So, in case you are not following, go on Instagram right now. Follow at TGWP.podcast. Um, follow that. Uh Subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Do both those if you want to. Go ahead. Whatever you listen on, just do that. I'm going to have no idea because I really haven't figured out how to use that yet. But, you know, just, you know, makes me happy. So, anyways, um... Also, just to, you know, briefly state this, I would really appreciate it if anybody would like to give me a shout on Instagram, say whatever they want, just, you know, promote this because I'm thinking about maybe, you know, finding a way to advertise for it because the feedback I've been getting on this is that I'm actually, you know, halfway decent at this. Um, and I definitely really enjoy it. I love doing this. So definitely something I want to keep doing. Definitely something I would like if more people could hear. So, again, any suggestions anybody has, please let me know. You can either contact me through my Instagram or through my e- either or. Just right now, the people that are listening all have my contact information. So, you know, do what you got to do. Anyways, into the actual, you know, meat of the podcast podcast. Um, before I answer any of the questions that I have, uh, and just to let you guys know, this is this is going to be a brief, like three-minute thing about the Clint Capella trade today. So if you don't care, skip forward. There you go, skip forward three minutes. No big deal. So the Houston Rockets today traded who was a perennial All-Star center two years ago, Clint Capella, for in a four-team deal. So I can't really say four anybody, but they got in return. Robert Covington. So I'm not going to go into depth on what the Timberwolves did because they're the most irrelevant franchise in sports. I'm not going to go into detail on the Nuggets because they're going to make another deal. So I'm going to have to go into detail on them again. Um, But for now, let's just go into detail on the Rockets and the Hawks. So first, the Hawks. That's easy. Um, They were trying to get Andre Drummond, which, you know, Andre Drummond is a better player than Clint Capella. But if you look at it from a number standpoint, Clint Capella is a role guy. He's not a star in any means. He's a role guy. He's a big rebounder, big defender. And he's a role man. Andre Drummond actually gets 16% of all Pistons possessions are ran through Andre Drummond, like through him. Not like he gets the ball. No, no, no. Like, like that's the perennial guy. In the NBA nowadays, you cannot have that as your center unless he's a scorer. Andre Drummond, no, sorry, not just Andre Drummond on lobs and everything like out of the post, the non-scorings, like non scorings like non-like finesse moves, center Andre Drummond, sixteen of their sixteen percent of their possessions are coming out of the post. He demands that kind of numbers because of his like, I, I don't even know, I don't think he's that good, but Clint Capella, he's only a three percent share of that type of thing. So when you look at that. Clint Capel is a much better fit for that team. You look at what they have right now. They have three, they have, they have an all star in Trey Young, who's elite. I'll get onto that later with a question. Um, and then they have John Collins, who's bouncy. He can stretch the floor. He needs to be a better defender, but he's young. And then you've got Clint Capel, who's also young, still. He's younger than Andre Drummond. And. He's a better fit. He's just... Trae Young is going to be able to find him on, on, on cuts. He's going to be able to play better defense. He's going to help the team. And plus, they still got to keep their first-round pick. They have a lot of cap space. A lot of cap space. So that's perfect for them. Um, so they're in a great set. I, I would not be surprised if they... It's, I mean, they're the worst team in the NBA this year. If they do better next year, I would love to see that. But I would actually love to see Anthony Edwards go there. You know, hometown and... Uh, just I'll get into that later. Anyways, the Rockets. So I have had so many people message me today. Honestly, it's kind of annoying. Say, this is a horrible trade for Houston. They don't have a big man. It's a horrible trade. <sighs> okay, I'm not going to try to justify it cuz I I don't think I think they're the fourth best team in the West still regardless. Doesn't matter. Denver and both LAs are better than them. Doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you what they think they're doing. So what they think they're doing is they think that they don't need to play with a center because they haven't been playing with one. I don't don't know if anybody's been watching Houston, but P.J. Tucker is their starting center. Yes, 6'5", P.J. Tucker, shoe king. It's uh, So their whole objective, if you you know Mark D'Antoni, he he likes to score points. He scores a lot of points. That's, That's his thing. So... Houston, in, in my mind, is just going, you know what? We can't play defense anyways against Biggs. We can't do it. So let's just score more points than them. I think that's what they're doing. I mean, I, I, I don't really know who they're trying to fight through because you either have to go through Jokic or Anthony Davis at some point. You have to play one of those two teams at least. And Montrez Herald's no easy center to play. So you're looking at that. I'm just trying to figure out what they think they're doing. But what they think they're doing is they have two ball-dominant guards, one significantly more ball-dominant than the other, but in two different play styles. So that's their little dual-headed monster. And then they think that they can just put Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, and Rocco, Robert Covington, if you don't know who Rocco is, um, on the wings and the corners, get them to run through, set screens. and and, and those three guys are going to play defense, lock up the best players, and... They're going to shoot threes and play defense, and that's it. They're going to play iso ball with Russ and Harden, and they're going to shoot threes. And they're just going to score 120 points a game, guaranteed. But, like, Anthony Davis is going to have a field day. Like, what I, th- what I don't think they understand is that the guys that they're going to have to guard are not big men. They are just really tall wings. Like, Anthony Davis is not a big man. I mean, he's tall, but he can stretch the floor. He can take you off the dribble. Okay, So if, if like, yes, P.J. Tucker is good at guarding wings, is good at guarding that. But Anthony Davis, if, he, if he's getting the ball on the wing, not only is he quick, but he's going to be able to rip through, and get a first step, get into the paint, score. Because P.J. Tucker can't block his shot. It's ridiculous. Like, same thing with Nicole Jokic. He's going to be able to just pass over Tucker at field day field day on that he's gonna have like 15 assists it's gonna be ridiculous but anyways enough of that um so getting into now the questions that i was asked so on my instagram i put in a little list i, I just said hey you know i want to do a question episode i see all these things asking you know all these other podcasts or all the other people saying hey all these big pages saying, "Hey." You know, I got some questions or you know, ask me some questions or whatever. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling right now because I'm trying to pull up the Instagram app so I can see it. Because I'm not prepared beforehand. But anyways, um, I'm just gonna start at the bottom here and I'm just gonna kinda roll up. So I may answer some of these, I may not answer some of these. Um, you know, we'll just see how it goes. So first question is why is Trey Young an all-star when Bradley Beal is a better player putting up better stats on a better team? So the first problem I have with this question is that you came after Trey Young. Because he's just not even, not even close. He's actually the best guard in the Eastern Conference. He's the best backcourt player in the Eastern Conference right now. I don't care if his team's not winning. If you watch the Hawks, um, which I mean I watch a good bit of NBA basketball, <laughs> you would know what Trey Young can do. If he had a little bit more talent on that team, oh my God! I I I see the guy next year averaging like thirty three and eleven. He's ridiculous. He's been that same way since Norman North, but. Why – I'm, I'm just going to change that question because I, I, I logistically cannot answer that question because Trey Young is just so freaking good. Um, also, he's popular, and fan vote has something to do with it, so that, that helped too. But I would come after uh, Chris Middleton, who I do not think should be an all-star. Um, again, if you've watched the Milwaukee Bucks, yes, Chris Middleton had a 51-point game, but he played against the Wizards. So, like, I know I'm fighting for Bradley Beal here, but Bradley Beale's not guarding Chris Middleton. Um, He's guarding—actually, he, you know what? He, may, he might have been guarding Chris Middleton. So this argument may be completely invalid. But statistically, Bradley Beale is the highest-scoring player ever to not make an All-Star game, um, which I think is ludicrous. But Middleton is solely a 3-and-D shooter to the max because he has Giannis. Giannis is a top-five player in the league, guaranteed, arguably number one. So that's why he gets all those shots. That's why he's scoring 20 points a game. That's why he's doing what he's doing. He's averaging eight less points than Beal, less assists. But, but just because this team's number one in the conference, I guess the media the coaches felt like they had to send two bucks in. I, I don't know. Why is Kyle Lowry there? I, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, the Raptors are good, but like I don't know why you have to send two Raptors into the All-Star game. Lowry's not putting up fantastic numbers. Beal's averaging 28, almost 29. I mean, you're also sacrificing guys like, Bradley, or, bleh, like Zach Levine. Zach Levine's just not in the All-Star game for some reason. I'm really not. I mean, but anyways... Apparently, they val- apparently the NBA values wins significantly more than statistics now when it comes to putting up numbers, or when it comes to picking all-stars. Sorry, I blanked out there. So, anyways, next question. Um, not really a question, just a little request. Uh, top teams with the most potential? Uh, I bel- I'm. I'm gonna guess that meant the NBA because that's my main thing. But I'll do both. I'll do both the NFL and the NBA because this is a little quick thing. Uh, I'll do one in one in each conference for all four. So the top team with the so I'm actually the team with the most potential. The team that's at the bot or a, a bottom feeding team that I think has young talent that has the most potential because I you know we're just gonna go with it. Uh, NBA Western Conference. I'm gonna go with the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think that Devin Booker's elite. Again, he should have made the All-Star Game, too, but just the West is stacked. Um, DeAndre Ayton's a, a, elite. They're going to trade Kelly Oubre, but he's still great. They have a lot of picks. They have a lot of young talent. Phoenix will find a way because Devin Booker's just that good. He's just that good at basketball. So um, they'll find their way uh, if if they can draft well, which they have proven they cannot. So we'll see. But they have the pieces. Um in the Eastern Conference, I talked about it earlier. I think the Atlanta Hawks, um, they have a lot of cap space. They have a lot of draft picks. and then just traded one. They have Capella, Collins, Young. They have three out of their five main pieces. Just bring in some wings. They have a top, they're they're going to have a top five pick. If they, if they get Anthony Edwards and they sign a wing, they're going to be probably in the playoffs next year. And they're the worst team in the league right now. So that's, I mean, they have huge potential. Um, in, the, in the NFL... I know it's mostly an NBA episode, but, you know, I have some people that like the NFL, so, or a lot of people. I mean, everybody likes the NFL, but just, whatever, I'm going to shut up. So the NFL, in the AFC, the team with the most potential is the Cincinnati Bengals. Why Joe Burrow? That's it. Doesn't matter. I'm, if, you, if you've if you heard my college football opinion, Joe Burrow will be amazing. So I, I will, Joe Burrow, because he's going to be a Bengal, and if he's not, the Bengals are the worst franchise ever, but the Bengals, AFC. NFC. Uh, that's tough. I'm not going to be biased. Uh, By the way, I'm a Bears fan. Not going to be biased. I'm going to say, again, I'm going to ride the LSU train. The Carolina Panthers, because they have a good pick. If they pick a good quarterback, they have coaching. They have Christian McCaffrey and they have coaching. I mean, if they get a quarterback, Panthers are going to be in a dynasty. But anyways, enough of the NFL. Um, We'll we'll probably actually go back to it. So, the next question is the best scorer... Of all time, that's a tough question. So, I'm gonna take this as this. I'm not gonna take my interpretation of the question is the best one-on-one scorer ever. One-on-one, like ISO ball. Not, I mean, not one-on-one, but like, you know, seven seconds left in the shot clock. Like, got to make a move. Got to put up a shot. That is the best score of all time, to my opinion. Because you can be an amazing, like Steph Curry is an amazing legendary scorer. Wilt Chamberlain is an amazing legendary scorer. But like through their offense is where they get their points. And through the fact that Wilt Chamberlain was a seven foot-one monster is where he gets his points. So I'm gonna say my personal I'm gonna be objective with the first two that I'm gonna say. And then I'm going to be biased in the last one. I'm going to say three. I'm going to be brief. The first one is just regardless of anything, height, weight, anything, it's Kevin Durant. I don't like Kevin Durant. I think he's a wimp. I think he takes public criticism too easily. I'm not a huge fan, but I'm going to be honest. He's a top 15 player of all time purely based on his scoring ability. He's a – I don't care what the stats say. He's a seven-foot wing that can shoot threes, attack off the dribble, and do literally whatever he wants. If he never goes to Golden State and does all that stuff, his public perception would be a lot better. And granted, I'm, I'm sure I'll do an episode of this eventually. I don't hate his Golden State move like I used to, um, because I think I understand it a little bit better. But, I mean, he's... Durant's the best scorer of all time, regardless of anything. Now, when you take into account... Who, you know, size and everything, yes, Durant is a pure advantage. So just pure gifted talent. Again, I gotta go current. It's James Harden. I don't care if he shoots 20 free throws a game. Go listen to the No Chill podcast by Gilbert Arenas and his episode with James Harden, and that will show you. Like I don't need to explain it. Gilbert Arenas can explain it for you. But the brief summary is is that if if, if you're not tall, okay, and and you see a big guy in the middle, okay. He doesn't want to just put his hands up and block a shot. He wants to swat that shit into the stands. Okay? James Harden knows this. He knows that's going to happen. So when he goes up and somebody goes back, he's going to, I mean, he, he flops sometimes, but he's going to try to draw a foul. That's a basketball move. Drawing a foul is a basketball move. So anybody that's a Harden hater because of that, go ahead. But he's just naturally talented. He's just, I mean, yes, yes, he travels sometimes, but they don't call it. So, I mean, you, like, it's like the Tom Brady cheating thing. I mean, d- does he cheat? I, I really have no idea because he's not proven. So technically, no, he doesn't. But Harden, does he travel? I mean, technically, maybe, but they don't call it, so it doesn't matter. So he plays with the rules of the NBA, and it's it's really brilliant almost. It's not fun to watch all the time, but it's brilliant. His step back's amazing. He's just a gifted scorer. So he's, in my, in my opinion, I mean, he's tear this this past three years have been amazing. Anyways, my biased one is Carmelo Anthony. Um... Just because if you watch him with the Knicks, you watch him with the Nuggets, there's nobody that can guard that guy one on one. No nobody that can guard that guy one on one. His his fadeaway is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I know there's some Kobe people out there, rest in peace, Kobe, that are just killing the last three, four minutes of what I said, but I really don't care. You know. I mean, I love Kobe, but I can go it's so many things that he's better at. I mean, yes, he's a top five scorer ever, but so many things he's better at than just being a scorer. I can get into that later. Um, anyways, uh, there's top five NFL storyline free agents. I will cover that later because I don't know the NFL free agency really right now besides Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers. And I mean, like, I don't really know that well right now. So I'll I'll do my research on that. I'll cover that later. Um, oh, this is a great one. How can Devontae Graham keep his chance at most improved player? And I love this question because, um, you know, this, is, this has been a conversation that the person who asked this and me have been, you know, talking about for a while. Um, Devontae Graham is a, is a phenomenal player now in the NBA. The biggest surprise, this is what I hate though, is that the most improved player this year will be going to, uh, actually it's pretty tough, but it won't be going to Devontae Graham. It'll be going to somebody in the likes of, I'm looking at the, like Demonis Sabonis. Bam out of bio, one of these like all star guys, like, you know, Luca Don. I mean, it's not gonna go to Luca, but it could. Um, one of these guys that just had a phenomenal breakout season, and the thing about Devontae Graham is, is that he's had the biggest improvement, which is why most improved player is literally in his title, but the way the NBA works with their awards. Is they want to give it to somebody that's generated a storyline. The NBA is all about storylines. It's why they have the most marketable stars in any sport. But Devontae Graham, small market team, I know, like, like, you know, they don't, it's a lot of small market teams that get these, but he doesn't have a storyline. He doesn't have that big draw. I don't think right now he's going to, but if he can take the Hornets, a little bit more wins, snag an eight seed. Maybe. I'm not going to say no to that. I love Devontae. i love to see this. But, you know, so I actually – the only reason, the only reason why I'm answering – so actually, you know what? I'll go back to the top five NFL storyline free agents right now just just because I can. Uh, I'm just – you know what? I'm just going to use this time to talk about Tom Brady because I, because I want to, and it's just going to be a minute. Um, Tom Brady will be, in my opinion, an L.A. Charger. Um, in a month, this may come back to haunt me. I may be wrong, but let me just say why real quick in three steps. And I might have talked about this in episode two, but I, I'm just, I, I, w- I would love to see him as a charger. So I want to see it Tom Brady's least favorite player in the NFL is Philip rivers. It always has been. I don't think he really hates a whole lot of him in the NFL, but the way that Phillip rivers acts around him and the way he acts around Philip Phillip rivers makes me think he's his least favorite player. It would be the biggest, just, just insult of all time. If Tom Brady go in there and do something with the chargers like that. Two, they have weapons. They have Melvin Gordon. They have uh, Austin Eckler. They have Keenan Allen. They have Mike Williams. They have Hunter Henry. And he'd get money there because it's new. It's LA. It's the brand-new stadium, brand-new spanking stadium. And he's going to be able to do just – he's going to be able to market himself there. He's going to be able to set up his family for success. He's going to start his post-venture business life. I'm assuming Tom Brady's going to do pretty much what LeBron is doing mid-career and just, like, become an ultra-mega-legendary star of just everything. So that's the number one storyline. I'll get to the other four later. Um, so we're going to go to top five teams in the NBA-NFL that will not improve until they change overall management. This is obvious. The two worst—sorry, the three worst organizations in sports in terms of this are number one, the Washington Redskins, number two, the Cleveland Browns, and number three, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Redskins, Dan Snyder needs to go. But the problem with Dan Snyder going is that the moment he goes, the Redskins change the team name. So I would rather them suck. Eh? Do I, do I really care about that? No, you know what? It's been like four years. I really don't care. Dan Snyder can tell the team. It, it doesn't matter. They're going to keep drafting horrible quarterbacks and making horrible free agency decisions until he leaves because he's all about making a profit, which he's honestly not doing. The Browns are just cursed. I don't know. They might be. They might not be. They just can't hire a head coach. They can't keep guys around. Everybody that goes there hates it. I mean, it's Cleveland. I mean, if you've ever been to Cleveland, you know what I'm saying. Sorry to anybody that's eventually that eventually lives in Cleveland that's, listen, I, maybe. I, I, I don't know. Uh, the Timberwolves, I mean, the Jimmy Butler trade, looking back on it, they lost Laurie Markin and Zach Levine. You know, Laurie Markkinen and Zach Levine is who you lost in that. And you don't even have Jimmy Butler anymore. And if looking at what Jimmy Butler's doing in Miami, you couldn't make him do that when he was younger and more athletic. I mean, like, I feel like that little pause I just took like, like explains just how stupid the Timberwolves are. Like, you had Kevin Garnett in, in, the, in the 2000s. What, I mean, one of the most dominant players ever. I can get into eventually why Kevin Garnett's amazing is one of the best players ever, but and you couldn't do anything with him. I mean, watching Kevin Garnett, like, like if you go back and watch highlight tapes, so under, cl- crucially underrated how, hor- like how amazing Kevin Garnett was. But anyways, the other two, if, if I had to pick two in the NBA or the NFL... Uh, I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards because, <laughs> I mean, you sign Bradley Beal to a mega extension, then you don't do anything to help him, but you don't want to rebuild, but you want to be, I don't know. Like the Wizards just because I don't know. So that's Washington sports for you. The horrible Redskins, the horrible Wizards, but you win championships in your other three sport or four, however, however many other sports. I don't know. Um, and then fifth, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think here. Uh, I mean, technically, this is, this is so biased, but the Chicago Bears, because we're not moving on from Ms. Trubisky. But, um, anyways, I can get into that later. Um, let's see. Uh, top five one dimensional NBA players of all time. Let's just make that super quick. Um, number one, Carmelo Anthony, isolation scorer. I mean, pure isolation scorer. That's that's what he is. He's an ISO scorer. Uh, number two, I'm gonna go shooter, Clay Thompson. Yes, I know he plays defense, but eh, no, I can't say that. Scrap, scrap that. Not, not, not Clay Thompson. Uh, number two, Payas Uh Kings player um, in the early 2000s, crazy shooter. All he did was just shoot threes. All he did was shoot threes. Didn't really do anything else. Um, number three, Tony Allen played for the Grizzlies in the, late, uh, the early 2010s and the Celtics in late 07-08. Um, Tony Allen was a lockdown defender. He guarded one of the team's best players. He's amazing. His numbers literally retired in Memphis. I don't know if many people know that. Uh, number four, the only reason why he's not higher is because he beat the living crap out of some fans in the stands. But uh, Ron Artest or Metal World Peace, however you want to phrase it. Um, he's just a brutalizing defender. He's an enforcer. And then number five who should be higher, but he's friends with Kim jong un so i can 't say that miss um, Rodman, um best rebounder ever um top five players who you who you see having their young career success being short lived odell Beckham jr, because he can't get on a good team um and he's an, he's a crazy person uh Trying to think here I mean I, I really don't know that's, that's the first one That comes to mind um, I mean I wish I could say I, I wish I would have called Antonio Brown two years ago Which I would not Have been able to do I thought he was You know sane. But um Second to last one and is going to be A long episode But top five athletes Of all time Any sport uh, Bo Jackson Deion Sanders Are one two Because they played Professionally In two sports uh, LeBron James is three Because he's an Absolute freak Lawrence Taylor Is four because he is just... He's so strong. And yes, I know. He probably did cocaine before a bunch of games. But I mean, just watch Lawrence Taylor. Like, man, oh man. That guy was an insane humanoid. I don't even know what to call him. Um, number five. Ah, this is tough. This is tough. I, I'm kind of thinking of this on the spot here. Ah, number five for best athletes of all time. Um, That's tough. I will say... I I mean, I don't really know off, off off the complete top of my head. I really don't know. But uh, I'm just going to say it. Tom Brady. Say Tom Brady. Because the fact that he's been playing quarterback till his age at his level. Yeah, I know he kind of stepped off this year a little bit. But that's athletic. Being in shape is still being athletic. Doesn't mean you just have to jump high and run fast. It's, it's a body maintenance thing. So... Tom Brady's my number five anyways the last one top ten quarterbacks either in the league or of all time they're in the league of all time so i'm gonna do right now um uh, I have some time this is you know we're just sitting at twenty six minutes right here I can go into this I can go into this i'm gonna do both i'm gonna do both top ten quarterbacks at this moment in the NFL right now not you know the fact that you know, Tom Brady was the best quarterback in the NFL two years ago. No, 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 right now. And then of all time. So I'll do right now, or I'll do of all time first because that's an easier list. Um, And I'll start at one because it's easier for that while I think of the other one. So number one is Tom Brady, no explanation, six rings dominant. Now, again, this is my list. This is not the list of somebody who is, you know, living in the 1990s or the 80s or the 70s or the 60s. I am like just naturally biased towards more current players. So um, and I know all my Tom Brady fans are going to hate who I'm going to say at number two, but number two is the biggest snub off the NFL Top 100 list, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, is he won the Saints a Super Bowl. That's the first thing. Um, if you know anything about NFL history, the Saints, besides the fact they have a Super Bowl, are the worst organization in the history of the NFL because of just how horrible they were in the 70s, the 80s, and the early 90s. I mean, well, besides that linebacking core they had, I know some people are going to get mad at me for not mentioning that. But the Saints are horrible. The Saints have been horrible. They've always been horrible. But the fact that they won a Super Bowl is amazing. Drew Brees got them there. And the fact that he has literally completion percentage, passing touchdowns, passing yards. Yes, stats matter in the NFL for quarterbacks. Drew Brees is number two. Number three is Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning made the Colts good. Um, The Colts were horrible. Peyton Manning made them good. Uh, Peyton Manning made the Broncos into a Super Bowl, into the best offense ever. Yes, the twenty thirteen Broncos are the best offense ever. Um, and Peyton Manning just the—he's just, he's just, the be- just elite. He's amazing. Um, number four is Joe Montana. Finally, sticking him in there. Uh, I—I'm going to be honest. I don't know how many Super Bowls he has. It's, I think it's three. I think it's three. It might be two. I think it's three. Um, you know, not as well versed on my old NFL history as I should be. Joe Montana is number three. Uh, he's, you know, he's Joe Montana. Like, I don't really need to say any more than that. I, I, I really haven't watched him play a whole lot. But he's but he, but he he's number four. Um, number five is Dan Marino. Never won a Super Bowl. Never did. But he pioneered the position, in my opinion. Turned, he, he created the version of the gunslinger, the, 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 he's the first guy that kind of turned into that gunslinger kind of mentality. Um, and yes, I know, I naturally, you know, whatever. Um... Dan Marino's five. Uh six. We're getting into six now. I'm gonna go John Elway. Um, just naturally gifted quarterback, amazing passer, um, you know, dominant player for the Denver Broncos, won two Super Bowls, took them to a few more. Uh, but you know, the best quarterback probably in the late nineties, um, besides number seven, you can argue Brett Favre. This is the true gunslinger. Brett Favre is the true gunslinger, and he's just, you know. He's crazy. He's a crazy arm. Want a suit bowl? Yeah, I know. He had this whole retirement thing. He pulled the same thing as Michael Jordan, but, you know, Jordan's still the second-best basketball player of all time. <laughs> yeah, that just sparked another video um, or episode. Forgot this isn't, you know, filmed. But, Red far number seven. Number eight, um, I'm going to go with two quarterbacks in the 70s. It's at uh, eight and nine here. Um, number eight, I'll go with Terry Bradshaw. Um, four, four ranks. I don't really need to say any Yes, I know how good the Sears defense was, but Terry Bradshaw's ridiculous. Should have been on the top 100. Um, number nine, I'll go with Roger Staubach, um, legendary Cowboys quarterback, the greatest Cowboys quarterback of all time. And then number 10, uh, Johnny Yu, the first original GOAT at quarterback. Um, I don't really have to go into detail on any of those guys. If you know who they are, you know who they are. It's whatever. Um, th- that list isn't going to be that controversial, besides the fact that I put Joe Montana at four and Drew Brees at two. Not that big of a deal, but it's what the people want. And so there we go. Now we get into the gritty stuff. Um, top ten current NFL quarterbacks. I'm gonna start at ten and work my way up to one because I can. So, also that top ten list. If I if if I forgot anybody, that's just so drastic that I need to be alerted of it. Please let me know because again, I'm literally improvising this. This is complete improv. Um. So that's that. So, anyways. We have now the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL currently, and I'm really trying to think through this because I really don't want to mess this part up. And, yeah, no, this is going to be the longest video I've done by far, but hopefully you guys like it. So, ah, oh, top 10 NFL quarterbacks right now. You know what? It'll be easier to start at one. I'll just start at one, and that's the Super Bowl champion, Patrick Mahomes. I don't need to say anything. He is the best arm in the NFL. He's, he just, uh, if, you pay atten- if, if you pay attention to the NFL, you saw what happened. you you saw what happened in the playoffs so I don't really need to say anything more than that so number two uh is Lamar Jackson he's 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 the MVP he's the number two quarterback in the NFL right now um he pioneered this new offense and if you watched my last video the rate or listened to my last video really need to stop saying watched Lamar Jackson I mean I think he's going to lead the Ravens Super Bowl and I just want to say this now I have the Vikings winning that Super Bowl the Vikings beating the Ravens but anyways Lamar Jackson is the second best quarterback in the NFL right now he is Um, elite runner, but a better passer. He has a great deep ball. He's very accurate in short throws. If he works on his mid-range throws a little bit better, game management a little bit better, and Derrick Henry doesn't run the ball 45 times in a game, Lamar's going to have a great year next year. Uh, Number three, um, see, this is where it gets tough because the top two guys are so good. Number three, Russell Wilson. Uh, If you know me, you know I hated Russell Wilson about a year ago. I've completely changed my mind. I think he's more of a badass than he is now, than he's ever been. He turns crap receivers, shit receivers, into great receivers. I don't think Tyler Lockett would be that great on any other team, but Russell Wilson makes him good. Russell Wilson's a gamer. He's an elite scrambler, and and by scrambler I don't mean running. I mean like moving around the pocket, and making good throws. Elite at that. But he's number three. Wish the Seahawks, um, you know, got a little bit better luck in the playoffs, but it is what it is. Number four, and again, I absolutely hate this man. I despise him. He's horrible, but this is objective. So here we go. Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm a Bears fan. I hate the Packers. So I'm like Stephen A. Smith with the Cowboys, but with the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers, number four. Um, Gamer led the Packers to the NFC title. He's elite. He's just, his arm's ridiculous. You know, I don't, like, you guys have been watching Aaron Rodgers for years. I don't need to go into it. Um, Number five is Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees still good at the age of, I believe, 41, 42 maybe. He's Drew Brees. He's so accurate and so precise that it's not even funny. I hope he plays just one more year, though, because I don't want to see what happened to Tom Brady happened to him. And just, just to, I'll just address it now. Tom Brady's not on this list. Okay, He's not. Um, his ability to make throws, his ability to... I mean, it's not his judgment. It's not his management. It's just, it's just his arm It's just giving out on him. He doesn't really have anything left to work with. So I can't put Tom Brady in the top ten. I just want to say that now. So that's five. Drew B is number five. Number six, and I think that's, that's the top, two are tier, or top three are tier one. The next two are tier two. I'm dropping into tier three here. So tier three, again, I don't really like this guy a whole lot either, but this is objective. I'm going to Sean Watson. Um, gamer, again, you hear I'm saying gamer a whole lot? Gamer means a guy that just, it just wins games. Like he, he can make plays. You can do things like Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy Garoppolo are game managers. They're not gamers. They're not going to make a play to help you win a game. Deshaun Watson, the guys I've said before, are gamers. They're going to make a play to win a game. Deshaun Watson did that against the Bills, even though physics, um, watch that play, look at the physics of that play. Trust me, wasn't entirely him. But he did make it. Um, and he's an elite player, you know, great stats. I mean, yes, he has nuke, but... He's number six. And you know what? That's tier three because there's another drop-off after that. Now, how big that drop-off is, I, I don't know. But I can't say another guy is just as good as Deshaun Watson. Um, so I'm kind of scrambling right now thinking about the different teams in the league. You know? uh, to do the NFC South, no. Matt Ryan's not. James Winston's not. The East, uh, maybe. Okay, I can put them in there. Looking at the West, looking at the North uh I'm looking for number seven here in the AFC looking at the west now looking at the south looking at the north um the east okay so I think I got it here um so number seven this is bold but Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins is the number one game manager in the NFL and I believe he is the last elite quarterback on this list top seven or elite and you know what I'll put him in the same category as Deshaun Watson um he did beat the Saints in the playoffs he is one of the, he's very accurate when he, you know, gets adjusted. And even though they have a different offensive coordinator next year, I don't know who that is yet, I think he'll be better. I think he's going to win the Super Bowl. And I think that he is, he's just so calm and relaxed. And I love that watching a quarterback. So I would love to see Kirk Cousins do well next year. Um, number eight, and you know, this, is, this is an interesting pick, but I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Yep, Dak Prescott. Uh, with Kellen Moore now as the offensive coordinator and Jason Garrett gone, uh, I do I do see Dak Prescott having a phenomenal year next year, uh, leading the Cowboys to a first round exit in the playoffs per usual. But Dak Prescott is he's a great quarterback. You no, know, he's a great quarterback. I don't think Amari Cooper's that good. Um, and I think his receivers are you know pretty good. And Zeke had a slump year, but he still puts up. He's, I believe second in the league in passing yards, high up there in touchdowns. I mean, you can't really argue that Dak isn't. You know, top ten. You can't really do it. Um, number nine. Number nine. Uh, number nine, I'm going to go with. You know what? I'm going to do it. Um, Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Allen. Um, and I know that's that's bold. Yeah, very bold. Uh, but, yeah, Josh Allen. He has the. Besides Patrick Mahomes, he has the best arm in the NFL. And he took the Bills to the playoffs. Yeah, I know their defense is amazing. But. You know, he made some horrible mistakes, but he corrects them. You know, he's not accurate, but he's a gamer. Yeah, you know what? Scrap that. Josh Allen's not number nine. Not number nine. He's top half, but he's not number nine. I can't. Uh. I'm now remembering the highlights of his game against Pittsburgh and the highlights of his game in the playoffs. I can't pick Josh Allen number nine. I can't do that. Uh, all right, so let's just go. Number nine is Carson Wentz. Um, Carson Wentz is the actual number nine, not Josh Allen, if you fast forward through my horrible Josh Allen segment. Um, Carson Wentz is number nine. Why? Because, well, he's a great regular season quarterback. He plays well down the stretch, um, and injuries have robbed him of possible stardom. And I feel for the guy because, you know, he could be this legendary quarterback already, but no, he, you know, got hurt twice. So I, th- I think they would have beat the Seahawks if he was playing. The Seahawks were playing horribly, and the Eagles were playing pretty well. Um, I think he still would have won the Super Bowl with, you know, playing with the Eagles that year. So I think Carson Wentz could have a few playoff wins under his belt, but he doesn't. So, you know, it kind of sucks. But, you know, watching the throws he makes, he's, you know, he, he sees the field well. He's number nine. And number 10, I'm just going to say this because he's going to be my favorite quarterback in the NFL next year, is Joe Burrow. I don't even care he's a rookie. I don't even care he's never taken a snap. Okay? If you watched him play anywhere in college, he took. I don't even need to explain it. He takes five, or sorry, seven top 10 teams and throws for over a ridiculous amount of yards against them in touchdowns. He's the only quarterback in college or pro to throw for 60 touchdowns in a season. And he is going to be the NFL rookie of the year next year, possibly lead the league in yards and touchdowns, playing on a horrible Bengals team that has to play the Ravens twice a year. So yeah, Joe Burrow's number 10. I don't even care he's never played it down. He's number 10. He's not even in the league yet. Not even in the league yet. He not even had the count, I don't care. Number, he's, he's number 10. So... That's my current list. Um, thank you for listening to this very, very long podcast. Yeah, 39 minutes. But uh, this is Dan Bush signing off. And uh, you know, again, promote this channel as much as you want. I don't care. Thank you. And tag the account on Instagram, not my personal account. Thank you.